You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 168 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, brought to you by Drip Drop. Drip Drop RS was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. It's used by doctors. It's used by military members. It's used by NASCAR fans. It's used by literally everybody that's dehydrated, or it should be at least. And right now, if you get over to DripDrop.com, use promo code GarageGuys20, you'll get 20% off your order. I don't have any Drip Drop by me right now, and I did that because Gen C doesn't have any Drip Drop either. So I had to, I had to be respectful. Would be fair. Yeah. Right, but some's on the way for Gen C, uh, so, so all is well. But, uh, yeah, big shout-out to Drip Drop. Uh, Gen C, you're back on the show so soon. Yep. How's, uh, yep, so how, soon. how's life been? How's life been since your uh, first podcast appearance? Man, it's been pretty good. I've been getting a lot of fame from Facebook, my mom's friends. They've been watching the podcast, loving it. So super excited about that. Yeah, and you were um you also were on a uh, another podcast this past week as well, um, yep. with uh, Darian Gillum and Erica Stepp and all those guys. The NASCAR uh, they, Weekly Podcast. The NASCAR, just very simple name, uh, yep. good strategy, making things happen. So yep. yeah, that's for awesome sure. stuff. So we're glad to have you back. Obviously, uh, Drew. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And Drew's away on vacation uh, right now. Randy's on vacation. A lot of vacation. Man, what are we doing while on vacation? I know. We don't, we don't take fair. vacations. We, we're working hard. We, yeah, we, we're we, stay working. Working. we stay working in the shadows. That's how we do. Even when I go on vacation, I'm still working. I don't even know what vacation is anymore. Because like, vacation's so, not in your vocabulary. No, because you, you, this thing right here, like literally like no matter where you go, hey, we got this. Hey, there's this. It's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then yeah. they're like, the next thing you know, you're getting like beach balls thrown at your head. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's just, this is, this is a week where you're supposed to just be spending time with your family. And you're just like, I'm here. Yeah. You're here, but you're not. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bad, it's a bad mix. So I need to get better with that, but that's what happens when you be passionate about things. Yeah. So sorry. Sorry guys. But, um, let's, uh, I want to dive right in. I'm pumped. I'm excited. We, we didn't have Wednesday racing. So like, nope our minds got like off and like, there's so much stuff going on in the world right now. So this week, I really took that to reflect on those things. We're getting ready to get back into the weekend. Um, yep. we got our race at Atlanta and this is going to be fun because, um, we're starting to see more people, uh, talk about, uh, fans coming to racetracks things happening of that nature. Uh, we got some big news this week while we were, didn't have any racing going on that, uh, racing's coming to your neck of the woods. Yeah. And Nashville Speedway. So this is some really big news. Um, sure. before we talk about some of the drivers that we like and that we don't like for Atlanta this weekend, um, what does this mean really for like, like Nash? Like I know Drew lives in Nashville. You live in Nashville. Um, and, and I know the vibe of Nashville. Yeah. Like, I love the city. I love everything about it. I think this is huge for NASCAR. Um, yeah. How does how every, everybody taking the news right now? Man, I'm, I'm super excited. I don't really know about everybody else, but I've been seeing a lot of good feedback, especially on Twitter from a lot of people. 
So I'm super excited. I think the atmosphere will be great. And, you know, like you said, it's right in my backyard. So I'm going to love being able to sleep in my own bed and go to a NASCAR race. That'll be awesome. Will you be wearing like headphones at all times while you're trying to sleep at night? If they like keep going or like, (laughs) you know, I don't know if you've ever been to like Dega or whatnot, but like normally, (laughs) normally when you got one racetrack, like there's not a dirt, there's a dirt track that's not too far. Yeah. It's like right across the road. Yeah, they're going to be running, like, until, like... Yeah, you hear it all night. There's no (laughs) sleeping at Talladega, so you might as well stay up to party or something, because you're not getting any sleep there. Yes. But, but yeah, I don't know. Might wear my headphones, might just shut my door, turn on my fan. Or you could just, like, hang out on the back porch and just bask in the sound of just carbon monoxide (laughs) filling the air. Yeah, (laughs) that's probably what I'll do. I might take it in while while it's here, for sure. Oh, good shit. Either way it goes. Yeah. Just always excited to see more tracks being added. And that also adds to like, you know, uh, play reasons for new people to get involved in the sport. And that's kind of what I think we're starting to see now, especially in 2020. So, um, I want to see for that sure. growth continue and we need that. The sport needs that. So yeah, always, this is something new, something exciting. And, you know, you've always got to really appreciate it whenever they add a new track to the schedule, because, you know, it's not something that we're really used to them adding tracks. So I'm excited to see how it pans out. Really. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's time. It's time for new stuff. Who knows? Maybe, maybe even I myself can like go buy a plot of land in like somewhere in like South Mississippi or in Louisiana and say, all right, we're going to put this racetrack (laughs) in a, in a swamp. And we're going to have alligators and we're going to like, we're going to call Joe exotic and the spirit of Steve Irwin to come and like, just like go crazy swamp, swamp rat style. So there's, that's a good idea. We should, we should have a racetrack in in Louisiana. I'm going to, I'm going to make that call next. And we'll, we'll actually put uh we'll put a bayou in the middle in the infield um, and a bunch of canoes and P-Rows. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. You got to. Yeah. And then, like, you can also watch racing and then go on the Swamp People tour inside of the track and let uh, let, let all the guys that say, shoot them, like, show you how to, like, get alligators. So it's like a double be- attraction there. That's that'd it. be pretty cool. Damn, there you go. Like, that's all that's we need. That's a good idea. Yeah. Gator Farm, NASCAR track, um, and watch Beavers and Nutria build uh, dams. Uh, yeah, in a gift shop, you could sell those little alligators there. Exactly. You know? Every, everyone loves the little swamp puppets. You know what I mean? Like kids, kids can't go through a gift shop without asking their parents for those. Exactly. Where, where, is, where is all of the Louisiana lawmakers? We need this track right now. We need to right make now. this happen. All right, we're writing that down. Me, me and you together, Jensen, <laughs> we've just made history for the state of Louisiana. A joint venture. There, there it is. Ch- okay. Chase and Jensen doing work. Okay. <laughs> so – Aside from all that shit, like, look at me. I'm already like getting off, off topic, but here we go. All right. Atlanta this week. So the majority of you guys that are watching this, um, we're definitely, me and Jensen are going to be going down and breaking, uh, breaking down some drivers that we like and we don't like, and we're going to do this by team. So this is going to be a little bit different this week because the majority of you know, um, when you're ready to get into the nitty gritty, you want to know like um, who like the hardcore picks are going to be, who we're really looking at. Uh, definitely go check out our video over on Roto Baller. And that's where we're going to have our NASCAR DFS preview. And then of course you can find my articles on Roto Baller over the weekend. That's where I make the, the final selections. These are the guys, put your bets in on them. Use the ones that, um, that are on the lower end of the total pole, the value plays in your lineups. Please, I had somebody last week hit me up, and they said, 
We saw that uh, that you had Corey LaJoy in one of your articles, so I put money on him to win, and I lost. And I'm like, well, that's because you're a dumbass, for one, because you don't bet Corey LaJoy to win the race on the equipment that he has unless, like, some crazy stuff happened and, like, the entire field went away and Corey was out there all along. So that's the only way that happens. So just you have to be able to differentiate the value plays and then the, the guys that you want to select to win the race. So please don't be dumb. And if you don't be coming at chase, yeah, for real. Like seriously, like just DM me and be like, are you sure? I'm gonna be like, this, this is how you should read this every week. I will help you and I will guide you. So let's do that. That's very nice. It's very nice of me, huh? Should I get an award? You're a good person. (laughs) A good person award. I'll be waiting for the cookies. Here's your sticker. Aha. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Okay. I'm a, I'm a CGI a sticker in there. I'm not really, but I'll, I'm too lazy, but I'll, we'll pretend. Um, you can Photoshop one of my finger. <laughs> there we go. I'll just get, I'll just make a sticker of you with a thumbs up and then I just start putting <laughs> it in random places. Just like, well, that's what we should do. We should get stickers of you like that and just slap them onto the cars in the garage when everyone's not looking. So there's a bunch of gents. They would about. totally notice. I'm not yeah. low key. I, c- I couldn't get away with that. Well, we'll get they like would. a big one made and we'll lay it on Chase Elliott's hood. So it covers Napa, and then he'll really be pissed. But then he really can't be mad because it's like this is Jensie's face me. smiling. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not Cherie. It's Jensie. So it's that. That's a whole other rabbit hole that we can go down. All right, enough, enough shit. Let's go. All right, uh, Folds of Honor, Quick Trip 500. Pretty sure that's what this race is called. I'm going to, like, kick myself in the foot if it's not. Let's double check right now. Is it the 400 or is it 500? No, it's 500. You were right. Yeah. Folds of Honor, Quick Trip. They never changed this one. It stays the same. So okay. good, good job. So, so yep, we got that much. Coming up on Sunday. Out. All right. So we're good. Yeah. Folds of Honor, Quick Trip 500. I feel like an idiot for not knowing that off the bat. But you know what? Got to make sure that your facts are straight. You never know. They've had a lot of name changes. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So we got, we got the, uh, the, the order, the, the lineup for Sunday's race. It was another random drawing. I really wish they'd go back to inversion, but it is what it is. Random drawing yep. for this week. And uh looks like your boys got the pole. So yep. Gen Chase C. Elliott on the pole. This is uh, Chase Elliott and his hometown, his home track. Yep. And his record sucks at yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, it looks like he has an average finish of 10.5. Yeah, so. so it's not too bad. I mean, he, he hits top 10. That's good. Yeah, yeah um, that's pretty decent. I'm going to say this much about Chase this week. I like Chase. I am worried though because anytime someone's in the in the starting position, like I normally try to avoid them. Um, it just depends. Like if you were at a short track and you're in the starting position, like like if this would have been yeah, very different. But this being an and this is a mile track, and a half track, yeah, mile yeah. and a half track. So keep that in mind for picks. A lot can happen here. Um, I will say this: I, I'm definitely going to have some Chase Elliott in my lineups just because we've seen recently that he we know he has the speed. He is his momentum is good right now. Um, yep. he's been getting in the way of a lot of people. So he's pissing some people off. So yep, there's so that. Watch out for that. Yeah, that is true. Possible Man. retaliation. Looks like, looks like a Mr. Joseph Logano is in third. Ooh, mm-hmm. it's third place. Ooh. So can he catch him? That's the question. Yeah, um, probably. I think Chase is going to be fast. I mean, he has, uh, he has a, a really good opportunity to get the clean air, get out in front and lead these laps. Uh, probably could even win stage one. And, you know, looking at Hendrick as well, like inside of this top 10, I'm already seeing that Alex Bowman's right there in position eight. Now, yeah. Alex 
has been doing really good at intermediate tracks. We saw him win at Chicagoland. We saw him win at Auto Club. Auto Club. And, and that's kind of where what I'm reminded of here is like if he can do that here, I can easily see Alex getting the speed, being able to get up there close to Elliott very quickly. So we might see him even up in that top three to top five range very sure. quick. Um, so I do like Alex a lot this week as well. So Hendricks looking good on those ends. Um, yeah. I think now with William Byron, he's like I said, he's just one of those guys that I'm not 100% sold on. Um, the salary is, is decent, but he's starting in 21st this week. Um, and for me personally, I'm probably going to stay away from him. And Jimmy Johnson as well in 15th. He is just really overpriced. I want to say Jimmy's somewhere in the 10,000 range on DraftKings. Mm. And I think that that's, I mean, obviously he'll gain some spots, but I just don't think he's going to be able to carry out to the end. Like, um, and especially for the He's price. had trouble closing recently too. Yeah, yeah, so big that's time. That's something to be aware of. And his prices too is just what I'm looking at. Like I feel like there's – I think that there's some other guys that, that are in his price range that are just way more worth it. Like I'm already looking right now just seeing, uh, you know, like Kevin Harvick being the ex- most expensive play on the board. There's good reason for that. Yeah. So, I mean, um, unless – do you have anything else to add about any of these Hendrick guys? Um, well, Jimmy Johnson did actually win the race at Atlanta in 2015 and 2016, but you know, that was still a while ago. And I, I'm kind of with you on that one. I I don't think he has the momentum to close this one out. Yeah. Ever since this new, the new packages came out, like the new Camaro, he hasn't really found that, that ground with it yet. And plus, yeah, he hasn't found his balance yet. Yeah. So, I mean, this is it too. Like, you know, we all hope to see him win a race before he leaves. Yeah. But, like, it's not going to be handed to you. So, that's the that's the issue there. It just seems like yeah. him losing, you know, the crew chief that he had for the longest amount of time, changing the cars, things have just kind of been wishy-washy. He was decent at Texas. Now, you know, when we get to Texas, that's a different story with Jimmy. Jimmy can find a way to make it move. The muscle memory he has there is just really good. But, yeah. um, but yeah, other than that, I think Elliott and Bowman are the two guys I like the most. Uh, for yep. Team Hendrick this week. Um, but going back to Kevin Harvick, starting with Stuart Haas Racing. This yep. dude, it, it's, a, it's a clear clear deal. You, Kevin Harvick is, is your guy. Kevin Harvick is Atlanta. When I think Atlanta, I think Kevin Harvick. And, and that just goes into just the domination that he has just been able to portray here over the years. When, yeah. when I'm looking at his record, I want to say the last time he finished outside of the top 10 was 2014 uh, yeah. we started first and finished 19th so I mean second place in 2015 sixth and 16 ninth and ninth and 17 yeah won it in 2018 and then fourth in 2019 um, yeah. I really like what Kevin's got going on and he, he recently won a race I think that we're going to continue seeing him. So I don't mind spending up for him this week at 11-7 on DraftKings. Yeah, and but, Kevin yeah. Harvick's always very consistent too. So yeah. you can always count on him to get the job done for sure. Big time. Um, another guy that I like that I feel like is a little bit undervalued, but it's probably because of where he's starting, is Clint Boyer. Yeah. Because just like with Clint, like we saw that Clint, he's kind of like in that Jimmy Johnson situation. Like he can run good, but he has trouble closing towards the end. But yep. I think I think SHR in general just has a good grip of things that are happening here because he's got two top five finishes since 2018, finished 11th in 2017. And then after that, when when you get away from him at Stuart Haas, like it was just bad. Like Michael yeah. Waltrip racing, bad. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, Scott but it's Stuart Haas equipment. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's so, been running pretty decent these past few years. So Clint and Harvick are two guys we like. And, I, and like I said, I mean, uh, Clint Boyer at 8,700 is just – I think that's a good deal, even with him starting fifth. The one guy that I'm really staying away from um, is Eric Almirola. Um, and that's just because, for one, we forget that he exists sometimes. And yeah, <laughs> I always forget that him and Kevin are like on the same team. I'm just like, Ooh, yeah, it's like, it's like, who is you? I don't know. Like for the price, <laughs> I mean, he's his price isn't bad, but I mean, he's priced to fail pretty much. I mean, 6,800. DraftKings knows that, like, with him being in second. He's definitely going to fall. I mean, he started – he got the pole here in 2019, finishing eighth. So, I mean, he had the top ten, but still, if I can get a guy in that range, the $6,800 range that I think is going to do better. Like, I'd rather have Eric Jones at 6600 than I'd rather have Amarola, you know, or, mm-hmm. like, uh, looking at, like, Austin Dillon starting in 16th. I want a guy that's going to move forward, not move backward. And I think, unfortunately, that Amarola is probably going to end up on that side of the stick. Um, and then – Cole Custer starting in 31st. That's not bad. Um, do you know much about Cole at all? I don't really know much about him. Really. He likes Custard. I know that much. Yeah, that's big, his last name. Big Custard um, guy. Well, no, it's not actually. It's Custer. But he yeah, does Custer. Cole's Custard, which is like some type of like frozen treat. I don't really know much about it. I you just don't know remember, much about Custard? Custard's good. I'm not a big, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a Ice Custard connoisseur. Guy? No, I like ice cream. I, ice cream's okay, I guess. Like, I mean, I like like cookies and cream ice cream. I had like, ice cream tonight, man. I got the yeah. s'mores blizzard from Dairy Queen. I've just never been that big of a sweets guy. I need to get well, more into this world. I'm a big sweets girl, so I can tell you a lot about all the all the sweets, but don't know much about Cole Custer. So he's okay. one sweet that I don't know about. <laughs> all right, so I don't even know if he is sweet. Like, we'll we'll have to find out. But he, he stopped more doing to it. Him. Yeah, I, I'm kind of ticked off because you stopped doing these videos so much. I understand it's hard because of the way that, you know, things are right now as far as coronavirus. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, bro, get, get somebody to bring you some custard to do at your house. Like, but you're starting in 31st, okay, 6,600. Yeah. I can't complain. I mean, he, he probably could be a, a pretty good, decent value play here. Definitely got to go look a little bit more in it. But Amarola is just one that I'm not touching this week. Um, yeah. I think me and you were both pretty in agreement of that. 100%. Yeah, he only has one top ten since he's been racing there. Oof. So it's not Talladega dog. Actually, since yeah, since February 2018, only one top ten. So yeah. yep, staying uh, away from him. Goodbye. So long, farewell to you, my friend. Um, Team Penske, Brad is like a definite. I'm like all about that. Yeah, Brad, he has a lot of momentum, especially since he, you know, he won at Bristol this past Sunday. He won the Coca-Cola 600. I think he's a good pick. He has a lot of momentum. This is, this is all we can hope for. We have to make sure this is, this is how Brad does it again. Okay. He's got to be in like fourth or fifth place. And then he's going to find a way to like uh, wizard the people in front of him to wreck (laughs) and he's going to win. He's Always right. in the right place at the right time. Am yeah. I right? He's been, he's been a big luck boy. I'll say that much. And he's, you know, he's starting in sixth at 8,900. Yeah. That might be like the best value on this board um, is Brad Keselowski at $8,900 on DraftKings, which is insane yeah. to me. So, and he did actually win at Atlanta in 2017 and 2019. Yeah. So he's got are, that going for him too. 
what is draft what a pick. doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, what a pick. Wow. Like that. Okay. So that's, that's a, that's a garage guy chase guarantee. Brad K will be in my article this week. That is yeah, a, that, that is a, he's guarantee. a good one. $8,900. Insane. DraftKings dropped the ball. Good thing. They can't change their prices now. Okay. Um, <laughs> Logano starting in third. Now, I, I have Logano is like one of the guys I think can win this race. Like he's one of my picks, obviously. For fantasy, maybe not so much. But yeah. for somebody that can come back, bounce back, and take it over like in a blink of an eye, um, yeah. with him having the equipment and the cheat that he has, I do like it. However, him starting in third um, is kind of like the, the issue that I have. Like he's been getting these starts where he's way up there. So it's making people look elsewhere of how they're going to spend their money um, and their salary. So while, while I do think that Logano could win this race, and could be a good pick. It just, to me, Chase Elliott at 9,900, I think that he's going to be the guy that can truly dominate the beginning stages, get all those points, and that's what you want when you're building these lineups. So um, Logano definitely, maybe having a couple of lineups, because you never know. He may get up there and just be like, be like, fuck you, dog. Like, get out the way. You, you messed up my win, yeah. and now I'm going to take this over. So there's yeah, all kinds but keep of in mind, he's never he's never won at this racetrack before. He hasn't. So. Neither has Chase, though. But yeah. I, yeah, I but honestly, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm about to take the words out of your mouth, but I'm just going to say this. I like Chase's odds to win now more than I did. Before. But way before. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Um, the other driver for Penske, Ryan Blaney, Ryan he's Blaney. had some, some tough luck, but he doesn't seem to do that well at Atlanta. Yeah, average finish of 19.25 at this racetrack and four starts. Yeah, I'm probably going to sit away from him. Um, he has one – he has two top 20s. So, yeah, he's not looking too good for this race. Uh-uh, don't want no part of that mess. And then also, too, like, I think that he's, like, really, like – I think he's kind of overpriced. Like, I'm looking right now. He's at 8,500. Um I don't know, like starting in seventh, I just, I feel like there's a lot better plays. Like I mean, I'm looking at, you know, some of these like Reddick, you know, we'll talk about RCR in a little bit too, but I like Reddick a lot better than that. Like his starting position close to the money of where they're at. There's just some other guys there that make a little bit more sense to me. Um, but uh, we got to talk about Wood Brothers racing is kind of connected to Penske. Matt DiBenedetto, he's 7,200 on DraftKings starting in 21st. Doesn't have the best record here, but with the new equipment, um, things might be a little bit different. So we, we, we yeah. do tend to see the Penske drivers, their equipment runs really well at Atlanta. Um, and Matt, Matty D is just one of those guys you want to get behind just because like, he's just, he's charismatic. Um, you, you like him a lot for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I like him too. He has a good personality, I think. Exactly. And he can race too. He, he can get out yeah. there and show what's up. So this will be one of those sure. races where, you know, we're going to see the differences. You know, I, I tried to, you know, I, I played the Benedetto at Bristol with the new equipment. Uh, I that did was, too. It was probably, you know, um, it was a little bit more showing that like, okay, maybe it is a little bit more skill or, but yeah. the the track was just so different and the racing is just so different this year. It's so hard to compare yeah. it to any other year. So maybe we'll see a little bit of a difference with him. He's kind of iffy and I'll have more notes on him going into the weekend. Um, but uh, from Penske going to Gibbs, this is where shit gets interesting. So yeah. these are your high price guys. Like week to week, we and and for some reason, 
Toyota hasn't been doing that hot no, so far this year. Time. Other than Hamlin, like being like, you know, one of the Daytona 500. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those kind of races. I, I just see a lot of things that overpriced. Look, Kyle Bush is Kyle Bush. We know this. He's 11,200, but this isn't, you know, his all time greatest track either. Um, we know that mm-hmm. he's done decent here in the past. He's been able yeah. to make some things happen. He's won here before, but it's been a minute since he's won. So, I mean, that's like 2013 yeah. was 13. the last time. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's going to get the top tens, but with him starting in fourth, I mean, he's been finishing anywhere between, you know, seventh and sixth place was the last two races here in 2017. He finished in 16th and these are all different factors of different races. I get it, but it's just with him starting, if he, if he was starting somewhere, you know, around like between 10 and 15, that'd be a different story for me. I I could justify paying up for him more, but I I don't think I can do it with him this week. Um, Who's your favorite guy out of all of these guys at uh, Joe Gibbs that you think will probably be able to make some things happen early on? Um, I think Martin Truex Jr. is a pretty good pick. As we all know, this is a mile-and-a-half track, and we've seen him, you know, whenever he was driving for Furniture Row, you know, that one season he was really dominating over mile-and-a-half tracks. So, looks like last year he finished second at Atlanta in 2019, and he – you know, his average finish isn't too good at 16.9. But, you know, I think he, I think he's carrying momentum. You know, last year in Joe Gibbs' equipment, he ran second. So, my Absolutely. pick for Joe Gibbs is Martin Truex Jr. And he's the cheapest on the board right now at 9,600 on DraftKings. Let me tell you why I love Martin Truex here, okay? Yeah, Cole Pern left. Things have looked a little bit different this year. Truex yeah. is one of those guys, he's going to find a way to get it together. You know what I mean? So at $9,600 starting in 11th being obviously other than Eric Jones being the the third cheapest option. um, He has not finished outside of the top 10 since 2011 at Atlanta. Yeah. That's a pretty good stat. Sold. There you go. Sold. Truex. Brad and Truex are two locks for my article going forward. So Truex Jr. and Brad, loving these guys so far. Um, so these are two guys we're doing. Like th- this is how I do it every week, by the way, guys. I call Gen C and we we discuss. So Gen C's actually the pick the pick master here. Um, you know, I don't know about all that. It's it's it just it's a compliment. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's me. I'm the pick master. It's me. I'm the one. No, but um, I am the one. <laughs> well, we'll find out after this week because I'm gonna call you mad and be like, "This is all your fault, Gen C. All these picks, no, are all your fault." No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that to you. Um, that ain't on me. Eric Jones, though, I think we can both agree that um, his record hasn't been the best at this track. Yeah. But with his starting position uh, being in 14th, there's at $6,600. He's hard to pass up. Yeah, he, he's tough. He's tough to pass up, but 14. Yeah, he has the an average finish of 10.67. So he finished in seventh here in 2019. So he's, yeah. he's somebody I'm gonna keep my eye on, especially because like I said, you've got to be making multiple lineups. We all know this much by now, you have to tinker around if you want to get into the top win some tournaments win your cash games, you've got to put in multiple lineups. So Eric definitely will belong in some of those lineups. Um, yeah. What are you then, thinking about Denny Hamlin? Denny, he's starting in 10th. I don't know about him. He's starting 10th place. Um, he has an average finish of like 17th here. So. Yeah, he's got that He's got that finish with him. I, I don't know. He's He did finish 4th in 2018. In 2019, he finished 11th. 
So I don't know. I think I think I'd rather say I'd rather use my big money on somebody like Harvick. Harvick. Or um, you know, like Harvick Keslowski. or Yeah, well Keslowski being an eighty nine hundred, that definitely helps. Oh, but yeah. you know, I think that I think this week if a lot of people look at just Harvick in general and then go to, you know, you definitely want to have some of these guys in there. I think Hamlin can compete, but it just, I, I feel like at the end of the day, like your best option for Joe Gibbs this week is obviously Truex. So why would I spend that 10, eight when I can go spend that 96? You know what I mean? Cause like, it's good yeah. to have guys from different teams and to switch them around. But I just, I think Truex is the best on the board for Gibbs this week. Absolutely. Yeah, a doubt. I think so too. So I'll go with that there. So Denny's just kind of left in limbo, but um, I'm not. Yeah, sorry, I'll, Denny. I'll have some, but I'm not, I'm not too heavy on it. Um, yep. Moving on to the smaller teams, Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, we both can agree Kurt Busch is going to be looked at. Um, yeah. Favored a little bit here. He's got a lot of track record um, at this track. He's, yeah. he's been in racing forever now. Out of him and Matt <laughs> yeah. Kenseth. I mean, we got two two championship caliper guys right here. Like, like, what do we? Yeah. Obviously, me and you were going to choose Kurt over Kenseth, though. Yeah, Kurt. I mean, like, Kurt had he finished third last year and then eighth in twenty eighteen. So, I mean, it looks like he's had top tens since twenty sixteen at this track. So, yeah. Actually, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's been pretty spaced out. I mean, since 2010, he's been pretty dominant in Atlanta. I mean, he has two finishes where he was outside of, it looks like, yeah, the top 10. I mean, most of these finishes were top five. So, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing them now. Um, but yeah, finished 13th in 2014 and 2012th. And this is him going from Penske to Phoenix to Furniture Row to Stuart Haas. He's just been all and around then the board. Ganassi, yeah. So with him being able to do this, with all of these different teams, it's it's a, a must for me that Kurt – It comes down to a common denominator that he's doing something right at this racetrack. It's the muscle memory. Despite he the knows. equipment. Yeah, yeah actually, absolutely. Up. So, Kurt, Kurt is, a, is, a, is a, uh, a, a drive dog. We'll call him the drive yep. dogs this week. So, he's yeah. one of the guys I want. Um, Kenseth, however – I feel like they just, he's got to get a little bit more in the groove of things. He came out pretty strong. Yeah. He came out looking like he was going to, you know, be killing the game. But it's, uh, I think he's, he's understanding that it's uh, kind of like Jimmy's understood. And it's, it's a young, young man's game right now. Um, yep. There's just some different types of things and strategies. So I, uh, I'm not going to say completely cross him off the list. But with him starting in 19th at 8,100, there's definitely other drivers I'd rather spend that money on. So that's where I'll go with that. Kurt, though, I'm watching Kurt very closely. I think Kurt's Yeah, he's be. starting 12th, too. So that gives him a little bit of wiggle room. Yes. So you know what? Look, look at us go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add him. He's one go. of them. We're figuring okay. things out as we go. I love this. There we go. Okay. Um, RCR. This is a tough one. Yeah. Um, you said it yourself earlier. I want to believe it every year. Austin Dillon kind of has some momentum. But yeah. can he carry that into this weekend? It's just his uh, his his record doesn't look too good here either. No, the record. But if if I'm looking at like also like where he's starting, he's starting around Jimmy Johnson, Ryan Newman, Eric Jones. You know, I I can see him. I just I feel like with him, 
he can find a way to get to speed, but the track's got to be open enough. And I feel like he's going to be around some guys that are going to make it very tough on him starting out, especially with Newman going to be trying to get around him. Johnson, um, Eric Jones, Chris Busher, somebody I can see falling back um, in that 17 car. But he's got – if he can get past those guys and get up into the draft where you're getting into the Harvick and Hamlin and Truex territory, I can definitely see Dylan run inside that top He could do something there. Yeah. Yeah, so I do like that. However, when it comes to where he's going to finish, that's where I get nervous because that's going to matter so much for fantasy. So I'm going to go ahead and look the other way this week at his teammate – Tyler Reddick being a rookie going into this track, you know, he's been, he's been okay at, at Atlanta. I don't know the exact stats of him and Xfinity, and this is a whole new game, but based off of what he's done. Okay. He's $8,300, right? And this is somebody we can talk about to compare to Kenseth. Kenseth at 8,100. I would much rather spend 200 extra dollars and get Reddick starting in 24th because I at least know that Reddick can work his way into the top 20. So he's Reddick is definitely going to be somebody that I'm looking at over Dylan this week. I think that Reddick is going to be the play to have because when we're looking at Austin Dillon, he is definitely cheaper than Reddick because Dylan's 6,400, but for place differential purposes, I want Reddick all day. How, what, what do you, do you, how do you feel about Tyler Reddick? I mean, are you thinking that this, this is going to be the guy that's going to be the face of RCR in the long run? I don't know with Austin, you know, he's in there. It's his family's. So, I don't know if I really see Reddick hanging in there with RCR for very long because, you know, Austin definitely has a spot there. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure about him, but I think, you know. I think if he keeps knows? winning and he gets that, and he gets that, uh, that championship yeah. trophy, things are going to change a little bit, though. And he's gunning for it, so too. too. RCR yeah. hasn't had a guy like that in their stable in a while. So. Yeah, and um, he, he ran pretty good at the start of the year, too. So, who knows what he's got. That's it. Well, look, for more on what I like, don't like, uh, what Jensie likes, you can follow Jensie. You guys know where to do that out on Twitter, at Jensie Stinson. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's as simple as that. So yeah, we, we know that, that much. And um, I'll definitely, like I said in my article, I'll have some one of my value picks of the week, and I'll go into more detail on this stuff for the Rotoballer video. But um, that's a quick recap of our quick preview of what we think is going to be going down in Atlanta. Yep. Ex- were you about to say explicitive? No, I was going to say what we expect to happen, what we expect. Or, or who these we are the expectations. To... Yeah, these are these are our expectations. Absolutely, you see me sneaking over here trying to like hide the logos on my cups. <laughs> Did a poor job of pre- preparing. Once they give me money, I'll show them off all the time. I'll get banners and go. posters. We can right. put it right behind you. You can be the face of it. There we go. All right, so uh, next up, we have Hunter Masling. I got to sit down with him. He uh, works with Team Penske on Joey Logano's pit crew. Uh, He's a tire guy. So I got to sit with him a little bit, talk with him about what happened between him and Chase Jensen. You're going to love this. Um, Got to talk with him (laughs) about what happened. So uh, here's the interview. Enjoy this, and we'll be back. All right, we now welcome on to the Garage Guys Fancy Sports Podcast episode 168 hunter masling from team penske good pal right here hunter how are you how, how are you hanging man after uh after bristol how's how's things been uh going <laughs> we're good man you know we're trying to take the momentum we were building up to the very end of the race we uh we're looking for a strong finish and we're going to kind of skip what happened at the end of the race and bring that to atlanta 
<laughs> so we're hoping to build off of the good, you know, good pit stops out on pit road. And Paul made some really good adjustments to get the car, put everything in position. The wind was there for us, and we kind of got it taken away there at the end. But we're uh, we're feeling good about going into Sunday. Yeah, man. So I mean, let's let's start there um, in Atlanta. You know, I've uh, I've got Joey Logano actually as one of my favorites again. I've been I'm bouncing back. Hopefully, we don't have any more altercations that happen. But I uh, we we do have him graded. Um, he's got a really good record at Atlanta. And um, he's looking really good to be able to take over the race and, and make some things happen. And I know that those things don't happen without um, an awesome pit crew and an awesome pit team. That, and you guys are that. I've been at races. I've seen how y'all work, man. And it's just uh, – it's incredible to be around. And I've learned more about what really goes on and, and how these drivers are able – not only using their skill, but it takes a team effort, you know. And a lot of people don't really see it that way. So having you on the show for the first time, you know, we, we've had a lot of communication, a lot of talks. You've been on with Randy and talked with him a little bit. So bringing you here tonight, going into Atlanta, um, and just kind of looking back in the past, like with Penske, like where did everything kind of start for you as to, to realizing, like, this is what I want to do, and, and I know that I want to be the best? Because you can't just get a job at Penske without, you know, being really good at your craft. Like, that's a, one of the big teams in NASCAR. What – what was it that kind of got you started here, got you into this, this lifestyle? What got you, uh, you know, on at Penske? What made you want to take that career out? Well, first, I want to say thank you for the comment about the pick room. I'm sure the boys would love to hear that. Uh, I'll pass it on to them. But uh, as far as getting to wanting to be the best and how I got into the business, uh, I went through a pick room training school out here in Morrisville, North Carolina. And I originally was uh, next door at the UTI school. Uh, Universal Technical Institute and on the NASCAR side of they had like an intro pit crew class and I kind of stood above most of the uh, classmates there and my teacher who used to be a tire changer in NASCAR in the mid 2000s he kind of pulled me aside one day he's like hey you ever thought about doing this for a living and I kind of looked at him like you can do this for a living you know asking him like really and I was like no I never thought about that and he's like maybe you should consider it. He's like, there's a school here next door and there's a few other pit schools at the time, but I checked out pit right there next door and got trained there, gotten there, started getting into it. And I was like, this is pretty cool. You know, it's fun. Like, you know, it's some athletic, like I always enjoyed sports and being some type of athlete or whatever. And I was just an average high school athlete, you know, played football, did some things in track and field. But, um, once I got into that, all of a sudden things started to click and mold and I became really good really fast. And I was working hard every day and I was like, okay, this is something I'm good at and I want to be the best at it. And just trained and trained and trained and worked and worked and worked. And one day, uh, Coach Trent Cherry from Penske Racing had came by to watch, you know, one of our afternoon classes that we were having. We were training, doing drills and stuff. Got invited to a tryout at Penske Racing, nailed the tryout. Me and another guy who's actually a carrier on 21 car now, Dylan Dow, we actually got hired at Penske at the same time. We were both going through pit school. Um, got hired at Penske. We pitted Brad's trucks for a couple of years and just worked our way up through the ranks, always just training and working hard and making sure I was in position for when I was called up to our Xfinity car and to our cup car that I was ready. And since 2014, the uh, spring Dover race, I've been on one of our cup teams. Nice. So, so that kind of like goes into to letting me understand that just like a driver has to work up his way through a team, like with trucks and Xfinity and, and the Cub Series, you know, you guys have to do the same as well. You guys work up through those rankings. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I think Penske did a pretty good job as far as, you know, giving us enough but not uh, throwing us in right into the fire right away. You know, we had – Brad had a truck team at the time, uh, so it allowed, like, the new developmental guys to get in there, get your feet wet. And Penske has made it a point that their Xfinity team is – that car always runs as good. Ever since, I'm, you know, Penske's had that 22 car, it's always been contention for winning every week, every year. So they kind of put you on that team like that's your test. That's your test to see if you're ready to run up front, to be on one of the – because the cup drivers were all driving at the time. You know, Brad and Joey, they were always swapping that seat. And so you were going to run up front in the Xfinity races. And once you kind of proved yourself there, it's like, okay, let's put this guy on this team. Let's put this guy on that team. So you're always being tested when you were on those lower series. That's awesome. It's a bummer what happened for Austin Cendrick at Bristol. On, uh, yeah, that's, that's never a good thing, man. When you wreck early in a race like that, that race, control. yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> dude. Yeah, that was a crazy race, man. I hate seeing Cindric get get put out that early. Uh, Noah Gregson ended up winning that thing, though, man. I gotta say, like, e- even though that dude hit his teammate, um, Noah, dude, his personality is just like out the box. I don't know if yeah, you've been around. Uh, much. People say the whole the whole teammate thing. We kind of the thing at our shop you know yes we work for the same owner but at the same time you're representing your team you know your car you, you're going to do it all you can to win a race and right i'm not saying don't not race hard right well they kind of wrecked each other a little bit on monday night but i know as far as pinch it's like race as hard as you can against each other don't give anything to each other yeah. But don't wreck each other at the same time. So it's a fine line of racing hard and racing, you know, a little too That's hard. how you get better, though, and that's why they're in these developmental programs moving up to this Cup Series because you got to get all that out of you before you can move forward. So right. it's – uh, but, yeah, just it, it sucked to see that, but it's it's also awesome to hear that, like, that that's how the developmental stages happen and that's where you get to where you are. Um, and, and you coming over from – you know, when I first met you, you were with uh, Brad Keselowski's team. You were with the number two team. And then this year you guys moved into uh, to the 22 box with, with Joey. And, you know, with all the moves that went into Penske, I mean, obviously there's, uh, you know, it's just kind of changing things around. You're starting to see, like, differences with, with Ryan and with Brad and, like, Rad, uh, Brad's Rad. Here we go. Rad Keselowski. Maybe that's a new nickname for him. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Brad, you know, he's been uh, – he's, he's came – in position lately with the 600 and with uh with bristol i mean he just kind of like was right place right time uh took care of business but um going back into bristol it just uh what were some of like the emotions like because there had to be there had to be uh, joey had to be mad and and i know it's hard for joey to really show that because he's just such a nice guy like he's just very just like nice and he he's very composed what was it like hearing him on the radio when that went down? I can't say everything that he said on the radio. Would <laughs> he be on radioactive? Joey, like you said, Joey's a very extremely competitive, like any race car driver, um, like any picture guy, like any crew chief. Anyone working in racing is extremely competitive. So, yeah, well, I mean, everyone was upset. You know, we – we, our car wasn't perfect at the beginning of the day. We, you know, Paul, we had to make some pretty aggressive adjustments midway of the race. We had a speeding penalty. We had to get good pit stops to get him back up. It was a team effort to get back into a chance to win the race. And it was there. It was right there. Joey had a great restart late, took the lead, and you know what happened at the end. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I know. Happy. I mean, he, I mean, as he shouldn't be, you know, he raced Chase fairly clean from what I remember. And 
you know, it's what happened, you know, hard racing. Sometimes you get wrecked, you know, I mean, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. It's especially at Bristol, man. Cause like this, the, the, the difference with it for me, like going into this week, cause you know, like I do a lot of my stuff where like I'm grading drivers and I'm trying to figure out who's going to be good and who's not gonna be good for lineups and for betting purposes and things like that. And, you know, I had Joey picked and like right up there at the end, like everything was just going exactly how I'd planned, but you know, a lot of people didn't take in the factors too. Like, I mean, it's gotta be tough on you guys right now because you know, you're going to these tracks with no practice uh, no qualifying and you're hitting a green racetrack. So that changes a lot of things and a lot of outcomes from what normally would be. So it's almost kind of like it's a new product. And that's kind of the way that I've been talking about it. Am I spot on with that or am I, am I off on yeah. that tape? Um, you know, and that's where hats need to go off to all of our engineers and crew chiefs and everyone that preps the cars before it touches the racetrack. Um, those guys are really showing what they do on a week-to-week basis. You know, before you just you see race car driver at the practice, you see a crew chief, you know, making adjustments in the garage or the racetrack. Now it's set your car up at the shop, load it on the truck, ready to race. So kudos to the guys that are at the race shop preparing these cars, getting them ready to race. And, you know, doesn't really change as much for us as a pick crew. We've always, you know, basically shown up day of anyway. But it, it's got to be tough. You know, I can only imagine – I know you have so many, all these drivers and crew chiefs and engineers, they have, you know, unlimited resources as far as notes because we've been to all these tracks numerous of times. So, yes, even though you've been there before, maybe Goodyear brings a different tire. You don't know what the weather is going to be that day. You know, it, there's numerous things that go into setting up these race cars that are beyond my simple mind. Uh, that's why we have the smart guys, like all our engineers that we have on race teams. But, um, no, a lot goes into it behind the scenes. And I think people are starting to see that more now with no practice, no qualifying. It's literally those cars are at our race shop, get prepped, and they get pushed in the truck. And as soon as they come off the truck, they're going through the tech line. So it puts a little more pressure, I think, on the people preparing at the race shop. But as we can see, I know Penske, I can say that we've done a pretty good job of that so far. Right. And, and I think it also shows like the true skill of the driver as well, too, when they're behind these cars, because not getting yeah, out there yeah. and getting a you feel. Know, you don't show up and get a shakedown. And even though they've been at all these racetracks numerous times, it's you. I'm pretty sure it's just like, you know, us picker guys, you know, even though we've done a million pit stops, I still go and sit on my little practice up before the race on the pit box and hit two or three, three patterns. It's just right. It's what we do. Build muscle memory. Then do it. And that's why I think so important too. And like, like also showing like uh, some of these rookie drivers that are coming out, like their skill. Like I know Tyler Reddick has been on fire, like being able to show like what he can do. Um, J- uh, J- Nemechek, um, John Hunter, like he's been another one that's like looking like really good. Like he's kind of getting familiar with this. And um, I know that a lot of these drivers are using uh, eye racing as kind of like what their their practice is right now and things like that and i we've, we've all seen that joey is not the best eye racer in the world but um do you know like do you know much of like as far as the simulation goes like with him like is uh has he been using a lot of that off the record or is he just kind of going off of his muscle memory being on the track i, I really don't know if he has he hasn't really told us a whole lot about it um i know ford has their simulator and stuff, and I don't know if drivers use it a lot right now. I think I think they made a rule when NASCAR said you can't use the simulators right now, uh, and I don't think they counted eye racing as one. They just said like the uh, manufacturer owns simulators, but right. if he has, maybe. But I know we kind of we kind of joked a little bit in our group text about 
we when we weren't racing, we're like, we're ready to go back racing because we were tired of seeing Joey running the back. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were running so good, you know, before the break and everything. So we kind of picked at him and had good fun with it. But, no, we joke around a lot about it. Right. And, yeah, and see, that's the difference. I mean, you guys, y'all, y'all can be in the shop. And, you know, just like you said, you go hit your reps. I mean, just like going to a gym, you know, you have – I've been there where, you know, you're hitting the gun – on the on the lug nuts and you're doing that and like that's all a part of just that that repetition and that building of that and I know you guys are in the shop a lot doing that work too so it uh it doesn't go unnoticed whatsoever um but yeah it just uh it's crappy what happened at Bristol but with the chance to make this bounce back um you guys are going to be heading out for Atlanta y'all normally a lot of people that that follow NASCAR they don't really understand like that how the 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 crews get there and things like that you guys aren't like there like for the weekend like you guys are like flying in for like the day of the race right yeah um we kind of have what's called the a and the b team or the road crew and pit crew however you guys say it um basically our road crew guys which are main car mechanics they they don't usually fly in the day before or the morning of where we have the first practice like if they're a normal racing schedule before all the quarantine stuff like say it's a friday saturday sunday show you have your road crew guys. They show up on Friday morning, get the car, get it all set up, get it through tech, might have a practice session that day, work on it all weekend. Same thing goes for Saturday for qualifying and practice, set the car for Sunday. As we're us as pit crew, we practice Tuesday through Thursday and then races on Sunday. We fly in Sunday morning. If it's a West Coast race, they'll fly us in Saturday night to kind of get acc uh, acc uh, accustomed to the time change out there. Um, yeah, we're in that Sunday morning, you know, waking up 4, 5, 6 a.m., flying to our designated racetrack, get there, set all the tires up, set pit box up, get everything ready to go for the race, pit the race car, tear everything down, and back on the airplane and back home. Right, exactly. And that's uh, and that's something a lot of people have to keep in mind, too, is just, like, the life of that. And, like, that can – I mean, you still get a good work-life balance, but still at the same time it's just, like, got to go. And especially with all this stuff that's happening now, how the races are, it's probably a lot more demanding than ever. The Wednesday – throwing in the Wednesday schedule is definitely – it's made it hard – not necessarily harder, but it's just made it more different. It's made it more to where – when you race on a Sunday to Sunday deal, it's okay. You have your normal routine. You watch film, you review pit practice, you have pit practice. You have your few different days of practice. Same thing with the teams. You you can come home, you tear down, you analyze everything on the car, you get everything ready for the next week. When we race on Sunday and turn around on Wednesday, you know, okay, race is over. All right, well, let's get the car ready for Wednesday and right back to the racetrack. Same thing. We had to go back on Sunday. So it was just you compress the six day schedule into two days, you know, so you can imagine the amount of workforce that went to oh, two dude. days, usually spread over six. Look, so. I'm going to say this, like my, like the, what I do is nothing compared to what you do, but just, just from having to like wake up and then Thursday we do garage guys. We record uh, our Roto baller YouTube video. I write an article for Roto baller. Um, we answer questions. I go into build line, like, dude, it's been, and it's been wild like that because normally we're done on Sunday and I get to sit back and enjoy the race. And then we do our podcast Sunday night. No, like Sunday night, it's like, okay, right back to it. Cause we have Wednesday. We got to go. <laughs> like, so yeah, it's constant, man. So I had weird. this time last week, I think was today's Wednesday. Yeah. We've been past two Wednesdays. We've been racing. So it's kind of weird being at home right now. Right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. 
I've been relaxed, man. I've been just kicking back and taking advantage of it because, like, I knew today I was like, all right, we're back in action. Like, Thursday yeah. is the start of the week, you know. Well, today's so, Thursday. God, y'all don't even know a day of the week. Today. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and the way that everything is right now is not helping at all because nobody yeah. – everybody's at home. Nobody can, can figure out the day that it is. But luckily we got the NASCAR schedule back to kind of help us tame that a little bit. <laughs> we're already in June. Just Yeah, to- that's what's crazy. I woke up the other day and I was like, oh, wait, it's June. I was like saying it was May. Like, dude, it's crazy how it's been going. But um, I, I'm hoping to God that eventually we'll be able to get some people back out of these tracks in a safe way um, to where people can enjoy these races. And um, it, it's going to be tough because you got you to make sure that you find the proper th- way to bring the fans yeah. in and be safe at the same time. So hopefully you know, NASCAR. It, it, it's a workload just for the – yeah, I don't know the number is thousand to fifteen hundred crew members, whatever's there to make the race go on, and that's bare minimum that we're right. trying to run. It's and it's been give NASCAR credit; they've done a really good job of making it a system to where it works. The different time slots where teams come in, check in. That way, you're not all bunched up at a gate waiting. That way, it just flows in and out easily, and they've done a good job on that. So, I know fans are probably getting impatient. I would understand if I was a fan as well. But trust me when they say we have to wait until it's safe for everyone to come back. We have to wait because right now it's still tough just for to manage the little bit of bare minimum skeleton crews it's taking right now. So trust me, as soon as NASCAR can have fans back, they're going to have you back because uh, what a race it would have been to have fans out of Bristol this past weekend. You know, the reaction of the crowd going nuts and cheering or booing or whatever, you know, like that was the only thing that was missing from Sunday's race. I think I think that after all of this, we may actually see a huge spike in fans. Like, because how amazing would it be to see Bristol packed out again? Like, you think about stuff like that, you know. So mm-hmm. I think that this is going to change the game. And plus, there's so many new fans coming into NASCAR now, which is yeah. a, an absolute blessing. So yeah. it's awesome to see that happen. But, um, but yeah, we're I'm, we're definitely going to be rooting for you guys coming into uh, Atlanta. Uh, this Sunday, like I said, I've already got Joey kind of on there. I know you guys are going to have an awesome strategy implemented as y'all do every week. And hopefully we can avoid uh, certain people deciding to play slip and slide on racetracks. So it is Atlanta, that track does get slick. So yeah. I think that I think that I would have to say I think that the person that Joey would probably end up battling the most at this track is probably Kevin Harvick because he seems to dominate this track for Stuart Haas um and so I mean knowing how he runs I mean do you guys are you guys just kind of like I know you guys share data sometimes like as far as like the actual race NASCAR holds all that information but uh you guys got to kind of be looking around at like what other people are doing gathering to get better and to make things better for your teams, right? Um, I know we do as far as pit crew side. You know, we have a big master sheet of what all the pit crews do and every stop, every race, we kind of break that down to measure up at pit crews. I know – I don't know the details on it. I know I believe four teams share all their information and same goes with Toyota and Chevrolet and everything. And So, yeah, I mean, everyone's always looking at what – everyone else is doing you know it's just like when someone comes up with a new play in football everyone's going to be running it eventually right exactly everything catches up really quick and especially how easily it not easily it is to access but all the technology we have you know everything's to the max every weekend whether it's with pit crew drivers just everything is just to the max as far as what we can do and 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 with saying that something that works for this guy may not work for him 
So there's that balance of, well, it's working for this guy, and they're winning races every week. We need to try it. But if you try it and it still doesn't work for you, you're still left looking, I believe. So that's where that kind of entails as far as the crossover between teams looking at other teams. And as far as us, we, we have our big master sheet of keeping up with pit crews all year and where everyone stacks up, who's pitting good, who pits good at this racetrack. You know, we keep stats as what we did last time we visited Atlanta, and we look at those times, and it's like, where can we get better this year? So, Absolutely. Well, th this has all been good. Again, like I said, we're definitely going to be rooting for you guys coming in. Before I let you go, Hunter, I have to ask a question. So this is something that I had talked about on Twitter earlier about what kind of topics should we run into this week. And a lot of people voted. They want, they want to know the DFS side. So I've already taken care of that for, for the Garage fam. But one I personally wanted to talk about was NASCAR brawls. And yep. things that go down the track. So since we're not making a whole segment out of it, I thought that it'd be a good time to ask you. You, you being, um, you being out there in the pits, uh, tempers get flared. We were, we were hoping to see a little more action, but because of how things are right now, you, you that's kind of frowned upon. Um, yeah. But what, what was one of the most memorable fights that you can say that you've been around or been in? And don't you don't have to limit it to one either. But like, what were yeah. some of like the wildest? like moments that you've encountered with your job? Well, I've been lucky that I haven't really been a part of those too much, but one that really sticks out to me is in 2014 when Brad and Jeff got into it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I wasn't down there. Um, you know, this was a time where that all happened kind of on one end of pit road. We were pitting on this end. So it all started going down. It was halfway over before we even knew what was going on. So as a pit crew, we weren't involved down there. Um, but, yeah, no, there's been some altercations out there between drivers. Um, just a couple week, weekends ago in Darlington when uh, Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott got together, we saw Chase Elliott guys comes down there. I know nothing happened, but just that, that little bit of tension that's on pit road, that's kind of, you know, it's where, that's what we're there to do, man. We're there to win. Sometimes, you know, someone always gets a short end of the stick. They get upset, want to start a fight. But, no, we're um, – haven't really been a part of any of them. I don't want to be a part of them because what the thing is, is, you know, up and down pit road, you work there long enough. You start knowing all these guys on pit road. You know other guys on teams. You're friends with the other guys on teams. So, I've always kind of joked with some other guys that I know on other race teams. And it's like, hey, if we ever get in a fight, let's just play fight and put on a good show for the fans. Yeah. <laughs> Joking, you know, it's never, it's so funny sometimes. Smoking but, mirrors, oh, man. Yeah. No, just... we're always trying when stuff like that happens, you know, we're wearing Penske on our chest and we always try and represent Team Penske as a whole. And, you know, that's to be, not necessarily be better than everyone, just uh, hold the Penske standard. Right. And uh, we try and do that uh, as employees all the way across the board. Yeah, that's an awesome thing too, man. Yeah, you definitely got to stand up for uh, for your principles in the company. I know we know Penske's been in that thing for a long time, so they're always going to make sure that they're uh, doing what's right. But we all know too that sometimes, like you just said, with the Jeff and the and the Keselowski deal, like that was just one of those where some of sometimes they're unavoidable. But um, yeah, uh, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen the way this format is in the chase. You know, it's it gets pretty. Um, you know, tooth and nail when it gets down to it, when it gets down to nitty gritty. I mean, you're out there fighting for every inch as far as, you know, these drivers on the racetrack and we're out here on pit road, you know, where tenths of seconds are counting. Like everything's so competitive now in NASCAR that sometimes tempers boil over. Right. I think it would take, I think 
what, what it's going to take now for us to really see a true fight like that was going to be something completely intentional. And for a driver to come out and say, yes, it was completely intentional. I think that's probably what's going to stir the pot the most, but you don't get a lot of that because nobody wants <laughs> no smoke these days, but it's uh, it's good to continue and make things the right way. Like you said, because when you're out there and you're, you're out there competing and you do all that, the talking is done with the car and the whatever car gets to victory lane. That's how it all gets finished up. But, dude, thanks so much for being on the show, and I can't wait to get back out to a track and see you again, man. Um, where can all the Garage fam follow you at? I believe my handle is just Hunter Masling, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. plain and simple. So. Sweet. Well, dude, best of luck. Safe travels to Atlanta uh, for this weekend. We'll be rooting for you guys. And, uh, and take it easy, man. All right, man. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right. And that was the interview with Hunter Masling. Again, you can follow him at Hunter Masling everywhere there is to follow him on social media. Great guy. Uh, loved meeting that guy at the track. If it wouldn't have been for that, I probably wouldn't uh, know as much about what's going down in these boxes, but always good to hear from him. And, and I know that you might be a little bit, a little bit more worried now. Um, just, just looking into some things. I don't know. I don't think Joey's going to do anything though. I think Joey's too much of a nice guy to retire. Right. In a, in a fight between Chase Elliott and Logano, who do you think would win? Um, right I'm now. I'm going to put my money on Chase Elliott. Right now in this very moment. Yeah, Chase. But, but here's the problem is Joey doesn't understand he has potential. And I talked about this last week. Joey's very tall. He's got reach. Yeah. Like, that's what I was saying. He is pretty tall. Bow, bow. All you got to do is. Whole I want chase. to look at how tall he is. He so is like he's a he's a solid like two. He's six one. Yeah, yeah, he's six one. He's well, like I don't know though. Like I guess he is six one because I'm six foot. But like I'll Chase Elliott's five ten. So I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like Joey, like because like I know I'm taller than Chase. So like, and I've seen how much taller I am than Chase. So like, when I go to these tracks, you can just like grab the head and just be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, buddy. Like, yeah, you, know I mean? you could hold him, hold him in a distance. Joey could be at the the longest distance ever because that dude's got bird wings for arms. I might even. <laughs> he kind of, yeah, yeah, he kind of <laughs> does have bird tendencies. I think. <laughs> Big bird. <laughs> no <laughs> oh, offense. People get offended. Yeah, we love you, Joseph. No love offense. You. She might not, but Joey. I. Joey. No, I, I don't. I don't think much about Joey. I think he's good to have yeah. in the field. He is. He's a good driver for sure. Yeah. All right. So, so now that we wrapped up Hunter before we go for this episode, there's a new segment when Jensi comes on, we got to hear what's going on in Jensi's world. This is Jensi says, Jensi, <laughs> what are we saying this week? What's going on? What's in the mind of Jensi? What, what needs to be said? What's been happening? All right. So Chase Elliott put out a tweet this week talking about Nashville super speedway about it coming on the schedule and he said, one snooze fest at that joint will put the nail in the coffin of the fairgrounds. Bummer. And Jensi says, Chase Elliott, no, no. I think anytime you add a new track to a schedule, that's something to be celebrated. He's never raced there. Cup cars never raced there. So I think that's something to look forward to. And I think that he is wrong here. And I think that it's great momentum for the sport. It'll be a great atmosphere. So show up. Super excited about that. Maybe, maybe somebody, maybe a girl broke his heart in Nashville, and he just doesn't want to come back because it brings back bad memories. No, he he likes fairgrounds, but we got to keep in mind that Nashville Super Speedway is a big scheme to 
for a NASCAR to run at fairgrounds. So the only way that that's going to happen is if fans show up at Nashville Super Speedway at the race in June of next year, show their support for it, and then maybe a few years down the road, we'll, we'll be racing at fairgrounds. New By the time the new car comes out, I think that yeah. that would be, yeah. that would be I legit. Think, I think they had a contract for Nashville Super Speedway for five years, five or six years, maybe four. I don't know. But it's like so, – Four, four plus. So this I, is this is what we have. We have time to figure this out, Jency. Why does Chase Elliott really hate Nashville? This is what we have to figure out now. He doesn't. He loves Nashville. Are you because, sure? Are you, oh, are you yeah, positive? I'm, sure. I'm. I'm positive. Positive. Are you a dog positive. mom? Dog mom. No, no, I'm not a dog mom. <laughs> but I don't know. He was really excited to come for the for the banquet. That was that was held here in, in November. Um, he really seemed to like the idea of them moving it to Nashville from Las Vegas because he he has so much momentum for fairgrounds. Maybe that's why he thinks it's a bummer because he was really more expecting them to go to fairgrounds. But fairgrounds still needs a little bit of work, and you know there still needs to be some convincing for Nashville officials to say, hey, you know, if Super Speedway works out, fairgrounds is a possibility. So. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, what? So that that'll be what we'll do. Well, um, maybe 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 he'll find a way to love the super speedway. And if he doesn't, yeah, if he wins there, if he wins there, he'll love it. I guarantee it. All right. So. Well, I, I can't wait to like start getting closer to really seeing how things can go. I gotta go look and do my homework on super speedway and see what's done. There's never been a cup race there, has there? No, never been a cup race. I think they only raced Xfinity there. So. Who knows? There's not really much we can we can we can really look into there, but I think it's exciting. History. I think it's it's a good opportunity. Um, you know, they're tapping into a market here because the closest race that we have to us is Kentucky Speedway, right. and that's a mile and a half. That's an intermediate track. So, you know, I think it's it's tapping into a new market. Nashville, like you said earlier on in the podcast, it's a great city. It's a good environment. Um, I think people are gonna love it. So that's and- something. And this gives Tennessee full rights to a track instead of having to share it with Virginia with Bristol. So there's that too. So Tennessee gets its own deal. So I don't know. I think that Nashville is a great place for this to happen. Chase, listen to what Jensi says. Don't, don't be so hard on Nashville. It's not a bummer. It's, it's exciting. This is a good thing. Okay. This is a good thing. Not a bad thing, Chase. Listen to me. Listen to Jensi. That's all Gen-C the time. We're, we're gonna we're gonna come back with more Jensi says. This is good. We're gonna have something something every time you're on. Now we'll have something for Jensi to say. I'm all right, ready. But, uh, that, that's all we got for this week, though, guys. Um, we'll be back on Sunday to recap the race. Um, and as always, you need anything, hit me up at Garage Guy Chase. Follow us at Garage Guys FS. Follow Jensi at Jensi Stinson. You want to spell it for him? J i n s e y s t i n s o n. I tried That's to it. write it. I tried to write it like the Disney pin. The Disney, the Disney channel. channel. There we go. I couldn't do I've it. I've always wanted enough, to do but. that. That's always been a dream. You All you got to do is get a green screen and a green thing, and, and we can make it happen. Uh, we need we to. Do. That's right. coming up. Coming soon. All right. Sports, party, repeat. It's the garage guys. 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 It's the garage guys.